You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Man, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with your memory. Now, while I do remember that as well, without the prompt from you, I don't know that I would have. So I'm impressed, man. That's uh, you got a Rolodex of, of odd memories. And I like that they both involve us and food because, man, as a band, did we ever get down and party when it came to uh, post-jam meals? That's for sure. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I most certainly hope you've been having a great week. I most certainly have been. We are now officially halfway through Vox and Hops's sober february i gotta tell you that i'm feeling great and the one thing that i must say that has benefited the most from my break from alcohol is my sleep i I gotta tell you i'm falling asleep much quicker i'm sleeping better so so this is something that is interesting something that i'm hoping uh I can continue doing sleeping a little better because uh, one of my goals for 2021 was to uh, take a little better care of myself and get more sleep. So I'm super stoked about that. Before we jump into today's episode, I just want to ask you all to subscribe to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'm also asking you to rate it and write a review because reviews are extremely important in helping other people discover the podcast. So I would be very grateful if you took the time to write a review for the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. I also would like to formally invite you to join the party. Join the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast newsletter, which I have just launched. You could sign up to that on my website, which is voxandhops.com. That is V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast during the past week, including all the details for all of the episodes which I have dropped during that week. If I have been a guest on someone else's podcast, as well as the links for any upcoming live interview, Thirsty Thursday virtual hangs, and of course the updated links to the Brutal Awakenings playlist, which is curated by my man, Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself. So don't miss the party. Sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast newsletter because I don't want you to miss out. On today's episode, I'm with someone very special, someone that I've known for just about 20 years. We go into detail about how we met throughout this episode. I'm very stoked to be with Al Borbuhakis of Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 232. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Al Borbuhakis of Heartbeat Hot Sauce Company. How are you doing, Al? For everyone watching, listening, uh, me and Al have known each other for, for 20 years, which is just mind-blowing to me is. That, that we've known each other for this long. So let's just start with a simple, how are you doing, Al? I'm good, brother. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I, I would like to take everyone back to... to the day that we met. I don't know if you remember this as vividly as I do, but I most certainly locked in. It's locked in, man. It'll never go. (laughs) (laughs) So me and Al, we grew up in the Montreal metal scene in I started in Three Mile Scream, which is my band before Cryptopsy, in 2002. And during the summer of that year, we met in the West Island of Montreal at a McDonald's of all places. So so we pull up the Three Mile Scream gang and we see these metalheads hanging outside of McDonald's. So, of course, we had to go talk to them, which is where we met. And, and you were hanging out with, with, with who, Al? I was with uh, none other than the, the big James himself. And uh, yeah, we were with uh, the Invade crew at that time. That was uh, that was the band at the time. And uh, man, it was uh, that that was a meeting for the books. That's for sure. I, I I have. I mean, I don't know why, other than the fact that it was just hilarious in every way possible. But I have such vivid memories of that that night sitting around at McDonald's, just shooting the shit. None of us barely knew each other whatsoever, but we hit it off, man. That's for sure. We. Uh, and then from that moment on, we started spending a lot of time together for, for a few years there. So 
something. There was some magic that happened over those cheeseburgers that night. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was the guy that was finish everyone's trays. No matter what was left, I would eat it all. Yeah. But yes, absolutely. We met uh, Big Metal James was there that night. I believe Graham was there that day as well, that my memories could be faltering here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. At that time, it would have been, uh, yeah, G, James, myself, and I don't recall if we were at the uh, the interim phase with uh, with a bass player or, or what the story was exactly, but it might have just been <laughs> might have just been the three of us at that point because we we had a a brief period there where we were we were floating through bass players, and I feel like around that time I, I recall it maybe just being the three of us. It's it's it was such a killer moment, you know. We we were going through the same things, trying to break a band in Montreal. Uh, both metal bands, uh, a little bit different, but still under the spectrum of metal. So we had a lot in common. We we liked a lot of the same music. Uh, we had two leaders in our bands, Mike Marino, who I've had on the podcast on my uh, my birthday episode, the Origins of Matt Story episode, and uh, James was the leader of Inve, who subsequently went on to do endast who are now getting back together which is super super cool and i played one yeah. of the tracks during the summer during an intro of an episode nice um so so we went on we played a bunch of shows together we played at foofs together we played at uh, lex together countless times those, yeah those big metal fest shows were so so much fun oh yeah, I yeah. Have another vivid memory of you you're gonna love this one i went to your parents house and i remember walking down into the jam room which was in the basement and it was the, on thanksgiving and you had just mixed together oh, oh man <laughs> <laughs> all of the thanksgiving meal into one big bowl yes sir you're eating that so so that that is another vivid memory that's that it man i'm impressed i'm impressed <laughs> with your memory now while i do remember that as well without the prompt from you i don't know that i would have so i'm impressed man that's uh you got a rolodex of, of odd memories and i like that they both involve us and food because man as a band did we ever get down and party when it came to post jam meals that's for sure I don't know about it's the true. leftovers bowl. That might have just been a me thing. But uh, there were many a post-jam hangouts over McDonald's and whatever, wherever we could find ourselves at, you know, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning uh, after leaving the studio. So, yeah, good times, man. And uh, I love it. it's funny. I love I love that we can reconnect after so long and, and share memories like that that are so irrelevant yet like right right there at the front of the, the front of the mind you know it's awesome super super formative years uh yeah connecting with other musicians it was one of those first times that i was meeting people that i didn't know at all yeah i hadn't grown up with because my previous band was from two mountains my hometown yeah and and we were you know all friends growing up we all grew up in the same high school so we knew each other this was like a brand new experience with brand new people but just immediately hitting it off and i loved it I yeah loved it. let's dance into 2020 it was a disaster of year you you subsequently have left montreal you moved to thunder bay ontario you have started a hot sauce company i want to go down that road later but first i want to hear how exactly did you personally cope with the glorious year of 2020 you know what it was uh it was an interesting year in so many ways like obviously uh pandemic all all the covid stuff was uh, was a huge huge wrench in the works in, in a lot of ways for for life for for business for for travel for everything um but you know what we were we started working on some really big projects for the company um at the end of of 2019 uh into 2020 and and some of those projects uh involved work that went on right through most of the year this past year so while there was a lot of weirdness and and white noise going on out in the world that we were all trying to navigate um we had like laser focus on a few things that really kept our kept our heads down and working and the nature of our business being uh you know in food production we were fortunate enough to be able to continue working you know through covid um you know we just had to be extremely careful with you know protocols at, at work here with the staff but we're not a, we're not a public business we, we're not open to the public um, our manufacturing facility here is just just for us you know so we were able to sort of keep ourselves a little bit isolated here amongst ourselves and our our work bubble um so we were extremely fortunate uh so many small businesses were hit so hard and are still being hit so hard um and and we managed to uh to sort of keep going so just so so grateful that, that that was the case but uh you know because of that we were able to maintain you know a lot of these projects that we had on the go um the, the primary one was was building um this facility that i'm in right now this is our, our wow. production facility so we moved from a, a very small 
what was intended to be a storefront location on kind of like a main street uh, downtown Thunder Bay and where we were just tripping over ourselves every minute of every day, very small. We had, we had a 2,200 square foot facility that we were using to do everything for this business. And we're now in a 20,000 square foot facility. So Jeez. we, yeah, we spent the better part of the year uh, building this place and, and getting it ready for, for everything that we do here. So having that on the go over the course of the year was, was really helpful in a lot of ways. Like mentally having something to focus on that was positive and exciting while everything around us seemed so negative and, and, and shitty, you know, to be honest. And it was, um, that, that kept us going. It kept us moving forward and, and wanting to just keep pushing through and, and know that we're going to come out on the other side of this at some point and and we've done what we've been able to do here and um just you know keep keep our our business ball rolling i guess you could say so that that really helped a lot and um you know i i have i've heard so many stories from people that were literally like locked at home for months that were not working not really able to go out socialize live their lives um it's a horrible experience i mean i, I can't say that that i understand it because i i wasn't needing to really do that as much as a lot of people but um i watched it happening to friends and family and, and people that i'm close to and and it's it's awful and you know, I, I'm so thankful that we that this business was able to sort of keep us focused on on work and and like building this place was such a fun, amazing experience that it brought some some positive to the year and and that really was the main focus of the year for for myself and for our team. So um, I, I have to say, honestly, while it was a horrible year in in general, uh, at the same time, it was a great year for us in some ways. Like I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to focus on the positives that that did exist this year, um, and there were lots. They just unfortunately took a backseat to how much negativity was out there in the world, and, and I get it. You know, it's for good reason. But I really try and maintain positive mindset as much as possible. And yep, it's all going on. There's nothing we can do about it. But let's look at what we can do and and what is what is happening that's good. Um, so that was kind of the mentality I tried to you know, carry through the course of the year. And, um, you know, we, we're here, we are just on the other side of it. I don't really know how much better the world is today than it was, you know, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> but, uh, Hey, we're, we're into a new year. People seem to think that the, the change of the numbers is going to bring about some, some positive change. So like, Hey, let's roll with it, whether it's happening or not. Let, let's hope that, uh, you know, better things are on the horizon when it comes to that stuff. That's <laughs> so what we have to do. Al. we have to soar and, and, and just stay on those positive waves it's all you and can do, spread, man. Spread, spread positivity. That's what I try to do here on Vox and Hops all the time. Yeah, hundred percent, man. That, that's all you can do. Like you can let yourself get beat down, or or you can just keep yourself lifted up as much as possible. And I'm not always a ray of sunshine. Like I get down too. Like I have days <laughs> where I'm 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 negative and I'm bitter and all the rest of it. But you know, I try and pick myself up out of that and stay stay positive as much as possible. And this year's been a good lesson for you know a good way to practice that. Absolutely, and appreciating. Yeah. The things that we have, because you don't know when they'll just be taken away from you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Make, make hay while the sun shines, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends and talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. Uh, what beer are, did you have on your side that we're going to share together virtually? I'm going to try the uh, Hill Street Beverage Company Lager. This is, this nice. is a new one for me. Not... Nice. Uh, Get a, get a little close-up that. Is of that is non-alcoholic brew, right? It is. This is a non-alcoholic beer. Apparently, it is the most awarded alcohol-free beer. Sorry, not the most alcohol-free beer. The most awarded alcohol-free <laughs> beer company in the world. It's so, negative beer. It's negative beer. That's right. Yeah, I'll be. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the judge. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. On my side, I'm going to also go non-alcoholic because uh, this is going to be happening during our Vox and Hops sober February. Yeah. This is a brand new, brand new, super cool here from Montreal. Uh, Le Saint Buck, who got hit uh, very hard during the pandemic because they have no one coming to their bar. Saint Denis is a ghost town. It's, yeah. it's really, really sad. They started making and canning and selling. Uh, non-alcoholic brews this is their new england ipa nice they had to create a new brand for it called bazaar so that the market was not confused about um, the same buck and the bazaar having different things so, right. so they made this very cool i'm gonna crack it and uh, you crack that let's see how it's going let's talk about why exactly are are you drinking a non- non-alcoholic beer so um i am about five going on six months into a sober year um, or potentially longer than that. I'm, I'm not sure yet, but this is actually not the first time I've done this. Um, I'll go back a little ways, probably three, three and a half years ago. Um, yeah, about three and a half years ago. I was in a, 
Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Pink. It's been a while. Absolutely. <laughs> Just as I poured this out, you could smell the pineapple even like from a, a foot away. Really? That's so amazing. They brew, it, they brew it with pineapple juice in it. It's it's fantastic. Close your eyes. You'd never know. That yeah. looks uh, looks amazing. I'm not a, a beer connoisseur uh, in any way. I'm, I'm a beer lover. When I was drinking, beer was definitely my, my go-to of, of the alcoholic beverages. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by it in a lot of ways. And I think there's some amazing things happening in the sort of the beer industry. So uh, if at, at some point I decide to uh, reintroduce beer to my life, I'm excited to take some recommendations from you on uh, some... I see you drinking some wild beers, man, so I would love to try some. <laughs> uh, the scene is vibrant. I love it. Uh, back to why you're not drinking. What, what made that decision to stop and to take a break? Well, so, okay, about, yeah, about three and a half years ago, I was, uh, I was transitioning from one career to the next. So I had been uh, many, many years in the restaurant industry cooking. Um, at the time, I was working for my now wife's restaurant as the sous chef there. Um, and... You know, as as you probably know, uh, the restaurant industry has a uh, not the most healthy relationship with alcohol for a lot of people. Um, I was definitely not uh, an alcoholic. I, I wouldn't say um, alcohol was a problem in my life, but I definitely had an unhealthy relationship with it, and that it was it took up too much space in my life and affected too many things in my life, not in a positive way. So um, I decided to to just take a break and. Um, after one very, very sloppy, drunken night, decided, you know what, tomorrow's <laughs> the day to start because I don't need another night like this. Um, you, had a, you had the idea percolating before yeah, you made the decision. It was, it was rolling around in my head. You know, I realized like I'm making some big life changes. I was moving away from, from one career and, and taking on uh, the hot sauce company full time at that point. And I thought, you know what, it's, uh, it's time to sort of just like turn a page in a lot of ways. And uh, pursuing this business full time and, and trying to run something that you've built from nothing and, and watching it grow, the, the mental focus that I've required has been uh, a real um, a real test of my, my sort of uh, endurance, I guess you could say mentally. So I felt like I needed to um, gather any potential advantage I could to, to keep myself moving forward with it. And that seemed like a, a good way to start. So I thought, you know what, let's just jump into this. Um, I had quit smoking uh, a couple of years before that, and I, I had to pursue the cold turkey route to, to be successful with it after many attempts of, of weaning off and this and that. And, and so I thought, you know what, I'm going to try and do the same thing rather than try and convince myself that I'm going to cut down on drinking. I'm just going to stop entirely. Uh, so the goal was a year and um, about... Two months in, I'd say, I started really noticing how fantastic I was feeling, um, how much better I was sleeping, how much more focused I was. And I realized that while I wasn't getting blackout drunk every night, I was consuming far more alcohol daily than I than I realized, you know, how much that was affecting me. Um, so a couple months in, I really started to feel the difference and the contrast in, in my performance with business and just my focus, my sleep, all, all those good things. You know, physically I was losing weight. I just felt, I felt amazing. I felt like the best version of myself that I maybe had ever experienced. Um, so what started out as, as a year uh, that I thought was gonna be a challenge ended up becoming almost a 16 month period of time, which by the end felt like just my new way of life. Exactly. Um, and, and I remember having my first drink after that period. I was in Brooklyn, uh, I was at a, at a hot sauce event actually. Uh, there's a huge international hot sauce expo that happens in Brooklyn every year. So we were we were out at the expo. We were at a really cool little bar with all the makers doing a sort of like a, a little meet and greet type thing. And uh, somebody handed me a, a Miller Lite of all things. And, and I thought like, I don't really want to drink this, but you know, what the heck? I, I, had, I had surpassed what my goal was for myself. I still felt like I had achieved what I wanted to. But more importantly, I felt like I knew in my my heart and soul that like, I don't, I don't need to have alcohol in my life anymore, but in a scenario where I feel like drinking a beer or whatever with somebody is going to sort of enhance the experience, I can let myself do that and, and not feel like I'm, I'm on a slippery slope, you know? Mm. Um, so I had a couple Miller lights that weekend. Uh, but to be honest, since then, um, I, my relationship with alcohol has changed entirely. Um, I've, I've had so few drinks in the past uh, you know, I guess it's about a year and a half, a little more than that, because I've just I've lost that uh, the desire to to feel the effects of, of having a few drinks, you know, like 
whether whether that's why you drink or not, whether it's to relax at the end of the day, you know, kind of wind down, or whether it's that you just you love the taste of beer or wine or whatever your your drink is, um, I, that kind of that that left me. Uh, I, I didn't find myself feeling like oh it's it's five o'clock it's after work i gotta have a beer or oh that beer looks so good i have to have that and then i have to have nine of them you know so um it it really just changed my my outlook on it and and i found myself not not really wanting to to go for a drink um so you know i had a few here and there uh even even like at our wedding i had uh, i had a glass of champagne at the wedding um and that was about it and and you know what i remember what is absolutely one of the best days of my life so vividly because i had no 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 fog over my memories from from drinking too much and that's such an unfortunately common thing for people at a big day like that you know like they get blackout drunk and and they don't remember it so um that was a great uh, another really good learning experience uh, as to you know some of the benefits of of not not having that in my life maybe not to any degree at that point but not to a, a serious one anyways um and then you know i kind of had a drink here and there and realized like i don't actually care that much about this um and then i decided uh in september actually it was on our anniversary we got married september 1st and uh we rented a beautiful little lake house for the week and uh, we spent some time together just relaxing and we had a few a few more drinks than we maybe normally would have been in in the months prior to that um and and i felt it like even though we weren't really drinking heavily having you know two three drinks over the course of the day for a few days in a row i started feeling that that fog coming back over my head um and i thought you know what i i have too much too much going on in my life right now that's amazing to have one minute of it be uh be dampened in any way by by brain fog or or just something that isn't uh isn't good for me mentally and physically so i decided to just turn it off again and uh and here we are now i'm a few months in and uh feeling fantastic you got through the holiday season and at no point was i so tempted to have a drink that uh you know i i gave up on my my goal so i'm gonna i'm gonna soar past a year again and uh, i hope to feel even better than i did the first time that is amazing i love it i love it i love it and uh, i love that your priority is making things happen being there in the moment being sharp it's yeah. it's, it's it's great I, I love i love your focus it's and it's been working because heartbeat hot sauce company is killing it well thank let's you dance in, let's dance into how this all happened you were obviously cooking you guys started making hot sauces in your kitchen i assume yeah and then it just scaled and scaled and scaled and scaled so so i want to hear the story i'm sure you've said it a bunch of times but i'm not sure all my listeners know for real yeah no for sure it's funny i i've said a few times recently like i have told the story so many times that it's one of those things that almost starts to feel not true anymore it's like you're telling an actual story not not an experience but it's as, it's as real as it gets man it's as real as it gets so yeah no you kind of nailed the beginning of it um was working at the restaurant we had a, a, a local farmer that was growing peppers for the restaurant and um at the end of the the, the pepper growing season he had uh, mostly super hot peppers left that restaurants weren't really buying and there wasn't a huge demand for from the public here so he made what his what was his last delivery for the season and kind of unloaded all these hot peppers on us and was like here you guys you know you guys have these play around with them um so uh my wife nancy who was also my partner in heartbeat um she and i at that time we had already sort of taken an interest uh, in hot sauce just as as consumers you know we we love making super spicy caesars and and we enjoyed hot sauce a lot we both had had ties to it going back to childhood uh you know memories of hot sauce growing up and whatnot and we kind of were uh, we were bonding over that a little bit realizing that we both had a real a real love for it so this opportunity came along to start making some um we had all these peppers and Two things happened. We, we had so many peppers that not only did we have to start learning how to make hot sauce with them, but we actually had to learn, we had to teach ourselves to ferment them because we had far more than we were going to consume. So we fermented them as a means to preserve them, to be able to experiment with them. And that fermentation process that we learned has become a huge part of, of this company and, and our products. All, all of the sauces have a fermented component to them. So um, we did that, got them fermenting. And for, for months, we just tinkered and, and made hot sauce at home after work. And um, we landed on, uh, we found that the red habanero was our favorite pepper and, and had the best flavor to sauce that we, that we, you know, for, for our taste anyways. Um, so we cooked a few small little home pot batches, but it was far more than we were going to consume ourselves. So we'd bring it to the restaurant the next day in jars and just give it away to staff and friends and regular customers and stuff like that. And that was, you know, sometime in the fall. And then as, as Christmas approached, we had people saying like, hey, I really like that hot sauce you gave me. You know, could I buy a couple jars to give my friends for Christmas and whatnot? So 
we thought like, hey, this is cool. If we could, you know, swing a few jars of hot sauce on the side and, and make a couple hundred bucks uh, a week, you know, doing hot sauce, like that, that's awesome. That'd be great. It's fun. And what, what's wrong with a few extra bucks in your pocket, you know? So we started taking kind of pre-orders from people and, and cooking sauce at home and bring them in, bring them in the next day and, you know, sell them or whatever. And at that point, that that's all it was, was, was a little side hustle that was like so more it, uh, casual is too formal. You know what I mean? Like it was, <laughs> it was nothing. Uh, it was a fun little, little hobby. And then the, the word kind of just spread through the community that this was happening. And I think because we were at the restaurant, there was a, while it wasn't really associated with the restaurant, it was very much a personal project. Uh, the, the name of the restaurant being tied to it in any way, even just to us as people, maybe lent it a bit of credibility before it really deserved any. Um, mm-hmm. And, and kind of word spread through the community. We had some local stores reaching out saying like, hey, I heard, you know, you're making a hot sauce. You know, was it something that you can sell? And um, CBC somehow, believe it or not, out of nowhere, got wind of it and wanted to do a little article about this new startup, which at that time wasn't even really a company. Um, <laughs> so a passion project. Yeah, kind of. And things escalated way faster than we thought. And uh, the, the real turning point, though, was was Nancy had secretly arranged a meeting with some some uh, a branding agency in town here. And she had thought up the name Heartbeat and approached this branding agency and set up a meeting as a surprise for me, kind of like, hey, surprise, we're gonna turn our cute little project into like a, a slightly cuter, slightly bigger project, but still very much just a little side thing, you know? But what happened is we we sat down with these people and we we discussed branding and, and, and a concept for the, the, the identity of the business. And as soon as we started seeing the, the visual components of the branding come together with the name, immediately it took on this sort of personality of its own. And that is what motivated motivated us to to pursue it as, as a business. Um, and even at that time, the the idea was like, oh, maybe we'll sell some sauce at the farmers market on Saturdays here in town, and that'll be our little business, you know. Um, and then the the ball just kept rolling, and the demand just kept kind of coming in bit by bit. And then honestly, from there, it's like a big blur in a way. It just it, it's so it, it grew so organically, but so quickly. Um, that it kind of, it it still trips us up. Like literally earlier today when I left work, uh, you know, a couple hours ago, as I was walking through the warehouse, I looked around and I was like, what is this place? Like, what are we, what are we doing here? Uh, How did this happen? You know? So that, that's just kind of how that process went was, was boggling to, to our minds the the whole way that the people were that excited about what we were doing. Um, so that organic growth, I think, has been a big part of why it's been successful. Is it's We started doing it for real because of passion and love for what we did. Um, and we've maintained that, uh, you know, all the way along. And we now are, we have a staff of 17 people now in this wow. facility. And we're shipping product all over the, all over the world, literally. Um, and to think it all, it all came from that. Uh, and then just was a big, you know, well, we'll just kind of keep going with this. And, and, and here we are. So do you um, hook that farmer that gave you those original peppers up with stuff all the time? Cause it's, <laughs> you owe him. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You I actually, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, that's the thing, man. There's a lot of people along the way that have had a, a huge impact on, on how we've done what we're doing or, or even why we're doing it. And, and it's like, it's, it's more than thanks. It's like, I, I, I don't know how much I believe in the whole sort of, uh, you know, divine element of something putting itself in your path. Uh, you know, I'm kind of neither here nor there on that, I guess. But there have been some people that found their way into my life and and had an influence on this type of thing specifically that uh, at some point, if I can think of the way to articulate it to them, I'd love to explain how, how meaningful their presence in, in our lives have been, you know. And I actually just ran into him the other day. I was walking my dog on this like beautiful little trail down by the water here, and uh, and, and we bumped into each other. And it had been a while since we'd seen one another. Um, he he's kind of moved on from the pepper farming thing, so we're not really uh, we don't see too much of each other these days. But uh, it was great to bump into him, and and he's always going to be one of those guys that I I will remember probably for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's insane. I remember really stumbling across uh, Heartbeat and like putting two and two together. That was your company when I was watching Hot Ones. So so talk me through this, how this happened. Uh, Hot Ones, if anyone doesn't know, is a very, very cool interview YouTube channel. And uh, the, the host and the guest 
eat hot wings with hot sauce and they go hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter until it's just insane. They've had just huge, huge guests. Uh, I actually watched it a lot when, but when I was starting Vox and Hops, cause I wanted to watch as many interview based yeah. things as possible to sure. see and, and test the water, see how I wanted to conduct interviews. Mm-hmm. So, so how did you get your sauces onto hot ones? How did that all happen? Um, okay. So that came about, um, a few months before we made our first appearance on the show, uh, there's a, a very well-established um, boutique hot sauce company in Brooklyn called Heatonist, who mm. um, have made just a, a, an enormous impact on the hot sauce world in the past few years. But at the time, uh, they were much smaller than they are now, as were we. And they had reached out. They had seen our products um, online and were interested. So they reached out and said, hey, like, you know, we, we've seen you on socials. Uh, we'd like to look at your product. Would you be willing to send a couple samples out this way? And we'd be interested in, in maybe working with you. So at that time, we'd never sent product uh, to another country before. We were still just sort of spreading our legs in Canada. Um, but we thought, hey, this is a cool opportunity. So we sent some stuff out to them. They loved it, got back to us very quickly and said, you know what, we want to carry these in the store. Um, you know, how quick can you get the ball rolling to start exporting to the U.S.? Uh, so that that was our first sort of uh, motivating factor to to look at becoming an international business. So we spent uh, months and months and months working on um, getting that getting that process established. It's it's a very very tedious process uh, to get a food product in into another country. So lot of a uh, lot of process, a lot of paperwork, a um, lot of lot of red tape, and and uh, it's almost as if they don't want you to you know <laughs> get your product into other countries, which I understand for for market reasons and whatnot. But um, they make you jump through some hoops. Let me just put it that way. So jump through all the hoops and uh, manage to get our product into their shop, and then very shortly after. Sorry, I kind of misspoke. It was. It was quite a while before Hot Ones when we got this started, but it was a few short months after we started having our products available in their store uh, or, and in the States in general um, that Hot Ones came about. So they ended up being the curators of the hot sauces for the show. So the show existed already. I, th- I believe they had done three seasons prior to Heatness becoming involved as like the curators for the sauces. Um, and it was just good timing in that we were sort of a newer hot product that they were carrying. I think as, as a group, uh, staff, they were really enjoying our, our sauces. Um, so they kind of nominated us to become one of the sauces for the show. Um, and, and then it ended up happening. There was a, uh, sort of a, they do a hot ones as a subscription box, um, that they send out monthly. So the month before the, that season started, uh, they sent out a box that had our sauce and two others. And with it was a little card explaining the sauces and then the curveball, which we didn't even know about until we received our own box, was uh, it was going to come down to a vote from the subscribers, which of those three sauces was going to be on the next season of the show. So we quickly found ourselves in the hot seat, no no pun intended, honestly, um, (laughs) waiting to hear what the public's opinion was going to be of our product and whether it was going to be worthy of getting on the show or not. So there was a tense, a tense few weeks while, while everyone was <laughs> chiming in on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook voting and whatnot. And, uh, and we ended up making the cut and it actually ended up being two of the three sauces that got on, which was cool. Um, so yeah, we got onto season six with the original, the red habanero. And that's kind of the, the introduction we had to that. And we were really fortunate in that, um, we did really well that season. And I say that in meaning that like the, the celebrities on the show, um, all had really positive feedback about our sauce. Um, we got a lot of nods, a lot of shout outs. And, and then because of that, because of the influence that those people have on the consumers, um, that product started selling really well and became very well established. Um, and then we kind of became a, uh, an associated name with the show. And then when you're, when you're alumni of, of a season, uh, as, as they call it, um, you, you maintain a, a really sort of like integral place in that world of, of hot ones and hot sauce as having been on the show. So that really definitely spiked our popularity uh, all over the place, but especially in the United States, which is just a massive market in our, our uh, space that we work in. So, and then we ended up getting on the show again, uh, I think as a direct result of getting into that world and, and doing well within it. So then we were on season 10 with the, the pineapple habanero, yes. um, which was, you know, the, the getting on once was crazy. And yeah, there you go. My man, <laughs> love it. Um, getting on that show once was, was a trip. And then to find out that we were going to get on again was like, we thought, okay, what are the, what are the chances of this? This is crazy. Um, 
And then, then it happened again. <laughs> so then we actually just wrapped up season 13 uh, with our new scorpion sauce, which is just recently available. So Hot Ones has become such a huge thing that uh, they now only feature exclusive sauces that are not on the market yet. So we created, yeah, yeah. So we created that sauce, launched it by way of the show, um, but it was only available through Heatness, through one US-based retailer in the the whole world. That's the only place that it was available. So the majority of people, including our, our, you know, fans and customers hadn't had a chance to even try it until, uh, January 1st, it became available, like, you know, worldwide market kind of thing. So it's still a very new product uh, that a lot of people haven't tried. So I'm super pumped to see what the response to it's going to be like. Um, it did well on the show, the guests, the guests that did have anything to say about any of the sauces seemed to, uh, seemed to like it. It was a little hot for a couple of them. They kind of were taken aback by the heat of it. It's definitely our hottest sauce. Um, but you know, it's, uh, yeah, the whole experience on the show is it's, it's fantastic. Like you, you get to enjoy it along with the fans because despite what a lot of people think, we don't know who the guests are going to be in advance. Hmm. So we find out who's going to be eating our sauce the day it happens, just like everybody else does. And that's a huge misconception. People think like, oh, we're, we're in on the whole thing. We're not. <laughs> we find out we're going to be on there, you know, not too far ahead of when, when the season starts. And then it's like it's go time. Like, all right, we got to get, get going and get this product out there for them and get it out there for everybody. Cause when you're on that show, the spotlight's on you. Like you've got a, it's like, you got a new, you got a new album out and you're on tour and, and you're, you're the hot act. You know what I mean? So, um, it, it there's a lot of eyes and, and a lot of pressure in, in a good way, but it's fun. I love it. It's, uh, watching all these people come on. I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge celebrity. Like I, I don't get, I don't get uh, starstruck. You know what I mean? Um, people who are famous, uh, are just people to me. So while it, it is, it is still exciting though, to see people that you, you've been seeing your whole life, actors and musicians, uh, interacting with something that, that you created, you know? So there, there is a really fun element to that, whether you're, you're a big sort of celebrity fan person or not. Um, it's, it's a trip. It really is. And, uh, the, the whole team loves it. Like we, we always make a point of gathering and watching the episode as it airs on Thursdays. Uh, you know, it's on at 11 o'clock. So we'll take an early lunch as a group and sit in the office here and then, you know, put it on the TV and watch it. And it's, it's super fun. I love it. And we've, we've done it three times now. I, I cannot imagine that there will be another opportunity for us <laughs> because there's a lot of great companies out there, uh, that I know deserve a spot. So, I'm, I'm presuming that we've we've probably retired from Hot Ones at this point, but who knows? I thought that way after the first time. So if it happens again, uh, I'll do cartwheels all around this building. Not that I can even do that, but uh, I will have some kind of reaction because that, that's just wild to think. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it's been fun if uh, if it's over at this point. So. I love it. I love it. And I love the scorpion. I actually had some tonight with my dinner. I ate nice. some pasta. I dropped some scorpion on top of it. It's delicious. It's Amazing. not too hot. And I love that about your sauces is that they're actually flavorful. They have character, but they are not just ridiculously hot for the sake of being hot. Yeah. Uh, how, how is that something that you guys came up with? Because a lot of hot sauces out there are just, they want to destroy you. But that's not something that Heartbeat does at all. No, that was uh, sort of our, our approach from, from the minute we realized that, okay, we're a brand. We have to have an identity. We have to have a, um, a focus for, for our products. It became flavor first, not heat. You know, while, while the pepper that we use in, in most of our sauces, um, the habanero, it is a very hot pepper. You know, if you were to pop it in your mouth and eat it, you, you'll be hurting. But um, a lot of sauces on the market, even that use milder peppers in the realm of, of hot peppers uh, that exist, um, they still put heat uh, at, at the forefront more so than flavor. And if that's their goal, then that's great. A lot of people love that. There's a lot of people who love the pain of really hot, hot sauces, and that's what they want. And I enjoy that too. Like that's not my my first love in hot sauce, but I do like when it hurts as I'm eating it a little bit. So um <laughs> You know, we decided like we're gonna go the other way. We're gonna we're gonna go flavor first. We approached creating the sauce the first time with uh, a, a culinary background, not just hey, we like hot sauce, we want to make hot sauce. It's like uh, you know, I, I'm a cook. Um, Nancy, is, she had bartended for for years, and at that time was creating fantastic uh, cocktail creations for the bar or at the restaurant. So 
Um, her her palate is very refined for for balance and and small subtle changes that go a long way, you know, on the palate in terms of like acid and salt and sweetness and stuff like that. So our two different takes on on uh, sort of like in, in the culinary world uh, brought us together in a way that we created a product that was, you know, the the concept of it what was different than I think a lot of hot sauces start. It was this is this is food that I'm making a sauce that happens to be hot. I'm not just making hot sauce. I'm not just grinding up hot peppers and adding vinegar and salt and, and calling mm-hmm. it a day. So we approached it a bit differently from, from the get-go and then realized that the flavor component of it was such a big part of it for us. That became our, our thing. That was like our, our, um, our drive with it was like, okay, let's make really flavorful hot sauces that are just hot enough that if you, if you want heat, it's there. But if you don't particularly love a lot of heat, you can still eat it. And, and that idea wasn't so that it would sell. It was so that anyone could enjoy it. And that's kind of what we wanted was, I want the heat. I want that nice little euphoria you get when you eat enough of it. Um, but I want to really taste it and be able to complement my food with it. So flavor first kind of became our thing. The fermentation plays into that too. That amazing complex flavor you get from fermented foods um, really lends itself well to some of the complementing ingredients that are in the sauces. And then as we developed one and then the next and then the next, we kind of kept with that theme of, of big flavor, very contrasting flavors from sauce to sauce. While there are common ingredients, there's a lot of common ingredients actually through the sauces. However, we've managed to make them uh, very, a lot of contrast between them, very different from one another with, with certain ingredients that we do include in them. Um, but it's always just been about the flavor. And, and even with the scorpion, it's our hottest, it's, it's by no means a ridiculously hot hot sauce, but it is our hottest of the sauces. But we still feel like its flavor is as predominant as the heat. And I don't think we'll ever step away from that. Um, we may choose to do an even hotter sauce at some point um, and, and capture that part of the market that is about the pain when they eat hot sauce. But I don't think we'll be able to do that without also making it like very, very flavorful because one has to come with the other in, in our minds. Um, while I know there's a lot of people that just like the, the hurt, um, it's food and it's got to go on your food. So it's got to taste good. You know, that's just how we, how we look at it and approach it. And I can't see us going any other direction. So, um, flavor first, it's just, uh, it's the way to go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And speaking of some of the ingredients that you do use, you use some craft beers, yeah. which, which I think is super cool. We talked about this one just before the, the pineapple habanero has yeah. a sleeping giant beaver duck session IPA in it, which yeah. is, super cool talk to me about how that all came together and then we got this one as well the blueberry habanero which is super interesting very sweet Mm -hmm. still kicks a little spice on it with the forgotten lake blueberry ale yeah so that one came first actually that was our first uh uh collaboration in in the craft beer world so lake of the woods brewery is uh it's it's a great uh microbrewery uh based out of kenora uh very close to thunder bay here um, and they've actually become uh, pretty well established in, in that market of, of the beer world in Ontario anyways. They're, they're really sort of spreading their wings. They've opened up a few other locations now, a few other breweries. They've got one in Winnipeg now and one in Minnesota. Um, oh, cool. And I believe you can get their beer even like in Toronto and, and you know, farther down south. Um, so we, we decided we wanted to do a, a collaboration with them. Um, I was a big fan of that beer. It's a, it's a strong, uh, it's a strong ale. I believe it's eight or 9%. Um, but really beautiful blueberry flavor. Um, just amazing. It's, it's a little bit floral. It's fruity. It's not sweet. It's not a blueberry beer. It's a beer that has a nice sort of suggestion of blueberry in there is the way I would sort of describe it, but beautiful color. Like as, as a beer guy, I think you would look and, and look at and smell and taste this beer and, and probably really enjoy a lot of things about it. So um, it was cool to work with, uh, you know, a, a, a local, another local business that were making a fantastic product. So we thought this is a perfect collaboration. Um, blueberries are huge in Northern Ontario, so very appropriate for the market. Um, so we, we worked on that product with that beer in mind. And to be honest, both of those beer collabs are... There is beer in the sauce, and, and it is it is a part of the process of cooking the sauce. However, more so than we hope people taste the beer in the sauce, it's about it's about a pairing. So we feel we develop those sauces 
in a way that they will highlight and complement the beers that are in them. As so, you know, we hope that people will crack open a Forgotten Lake blueberry ale and drink it with their food, which they are eating that hot sauce on. So the sauce and the beers are are intended to pair really well. So then when we did the pineapple, uh, pineapple habanero with with Sleeping Giant, who are, are in Thunder Bay here. Um, awesome. Same thing that uh, that Beaver Duck IPA. It is. Um, it's very. Uh, so it's funny because you mentioned the you mentioned the pineapple in the beer that you're drinking right now. That that pineapple and IPA have have like a really nice marriage in, in terms of like flavor profiles. Very polarizing in a lot of ways, and I think that's why they complement each other so nicely. Um, so again, we developed that one with the idea that you're gonna drink that beer and eat the sauce and that nice sweet tart pineapple and the heat is gonna really find its way in into your palate with uh with the ipa and just marry nicely you know as you're eating and drinking um so both both super fun projects we love working with uh with other companies especially when when they can be local um you know love i love the beers uh both of them are are great and um they they both have a really great established following in sort of the the craft beer world in in this area so we kind of it's it's great sort of cross promotion we i I feel like we have probably uh, gained a lot of uh, a lot of fans and friends of the company through the craft beer world who were introduced to us by way of the beer and our connection with it and vice versa I'm hoping that some people that were fans of our hot sauces uh, maybe found themselves enjoying those beers that they may not have before um, or you know maybe not as much anyways so just a cool a cool partnership and um, you know I, I think uh, I, I love having a chance to work with with other people in other markets um, and find a way to you know, bring them together and, and, and share something which was the outcome of these, this, this, these two products that are super cool and we're, we're very proud of. And uh, they, they get a lot of attention in the hot sauce world and, and I believe they get, uh, you know, almost just as much attention in the beer world, maybe, you know, a little bit more regionally. But um, it, it's exciting for people that love craft beer to see it used in a product that isn't just beer, you know. And uh, that was a big part of why it was really exciting to, uh, you know, to do this with you because you're, you know, obviously, uh, you know, a veteran in the craft beer world now. And, uh, you know, the fact that you can get a little bit involved with, with our company and what we're doing. And uh, there's a little bit of a, a connection there through, through those two sauces. I love it. I love it. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Uh, let's dance back into metal. Uh, you actually made a sauce for a metal band. I know of one. You may have done more. My buddies and local people... The Agonist, the Vox and Hobbs alumni, I also yes. use alumni. I must have subconsciously stole it from Hot Ones. <laughs> it's a good word. <laughs> uh, talk to me about that sauce. They, they, they had a whole bunch of them and then sadly COVID hit and they haven't had a chance to get them out there yet. Yeah, so we've done, um, yeah, we did, the, we did the sauce with the Agonist. So we've done, uh, we've actually done three, uh, well, four, five technically, we've done five uh, band collabs at this point. Cool. Um, yeah, we've done the Agonist. We did the Cancer Bats. Uh, oh, we did Pro- cool. Protest the Hero. Um, and then great band out of Calgary called Woodhawk. Really great sort of stoner rock band. Um, actually, the the drummer of um, the drummer of Woodhawk, Kevin, uh, was in the band with James for quite a while. I'm not sure if they're still active at this moment or not, but um, great dudes. Yeah, Woodhawk, uh, and then a band from Thunder Bay here called the Honest Heart Collective. Um, great sort of folk rock band. Um, but yeah, with, with the Agonist, so we didn't actually create the sauce um, for for that product. 
what we do with these band collabs is we create custom label art based on uh, a new a new record or the concept for a new tour. I, I believe all the ones we've done were were new new record specific. Um, the the artwork used on the the labels from the bands was either album artwork or you know graphics for for the tour or whatever. Um, so it, it's a super fun thing to do, and, and like I said, we love collaborating and working with people in different markets and that one is, is particularly special and meaningful to me because of you know my, my history with with music and metal and especially you know with the agonist guys like we go way back to like you know uh every time i see them kels and i will, will bullshit a little bit about you know all all the shenanigans back in the day and all the rest of it so <laughs> you know a lot of history there um it's amazing to see you know what those guys have done uh, yeah, it's just I, I feel I feel really grateful that I have the connections to to the music world that I do and that we get to partner with with great bands. And, and we've had a lot of fun, you know, like all the bands we've worked with. It's been a blast. Um, you know, no, we didn't develop a product for them, but working with them on the concept of, uh, you know, designing the label for the product. And then more so than that, it's like knowing that they're going to be out on the road touring uh, sharing that sauce with their fans and friends and, and new people. It's great marketing and advertising for us. We're, we're getting ourselves, you know, immersed into a world that we don't organically reach with marketing mm-hmm. being a food company, but it's a world that is very, very close to my heart. And, and so many of my good friends, you know, they still live in that world. And as do I, you know, in my heart in a lot of ways. So um, it's really, it's, it's a really fun thing to do. I, I never thought I would have a chance to professionally uh, get myself associated again in in the the, the band world and the band scene. Uh, so it's been a really fun fun way to do that. And uh, you know when I see pictures popping up online of of these bands out on the road, um, you know sharing the sauce with people, it's like an edible business card. You know they get to we we do little two ounce sample bottles and they just toss them out to the crowds and give them oh, out to people. Cool. And yeah, it's super fun. And uh, I hope to do more of it. I think when when the world is in a place that uh, touring can happen again, unfortunately, the agonists didn't have a chance to to get out there with the product uh, as much as they had hoped to. It was really right. I, I remember I remember when their tour got canceled. It was uh, like days before they were supposed to leave. And um, exactly, it, it was a, it was a huge bummer that that happened. You know, for them mostly. But I was really excited to to go down that road with those guys. So I hope we'll pick it back up and do it uh, whenever touring can resume. And I hope to do it with many, many other bands, uh, <coughs> um, and, uh, you know, do, do some more fun collabs and, uh, and just, you know, I, I, I do care so much about music and metal that uh, I, I just, I love having that connection to it still, you know, it's not, not something I'm going to be, you know, doing, uh, you know, very much in terms of playing, but uh, Hey, if, if I can, mingle mingle with the good folks in the metal world uh or just the music world in general uh you know through heartbeat uh that makes me super happy you're going exactly where i wanted to go do you still play drums al is there a drum kit in this facility somewhere not in this facility but uh in my home facility there is <laughs> yeah excellent excellent I, so you still beat the skins i love it yeah not as much as i would like to unfortunately um for a few reasons i have some uh i have really horrible carpal tunnel in both of my my hands um so really? playing playing is pretty challenging for me um i've also got some some back issues which prevent uh you know sitting on a drum stool for very long so a couple couple things that uh, i shouldn't make it sound like that's why i don't play all that much it's just it's not it's not the first priority in my life um these days um uh, but when i do have time for it i have to do it in you know limited limited uh you know spells so that i don't uh don't you know hurting back to work the next day kind of thing um but yeah no still still love the drums um i've been saying for a long time and i have to really do it uh i want to start playing with with a group again like i want to play with other musicians it's been years since i jammed with anybody and and i really do miss it that was my favorite part of being in a band was was writing music as, as a group and and i actually love being in the studio too uh i would love to I'd love to write music again. I'd love to record music again. And I'd love to play a show again, even if it's to three people and two of them are the bartenders. Like I would love to get up on stage and play a show again. So it'll happen one day. I've got too many, too many good friends that are musicians to never get up on a stage with them again. So it'll happen. Um, But I need to make it, I need to make it a bigger priority. So while I'm not one to say, oh, this year I'm going to do this or that. It's not a new year's thing, but Maybe by the end of this year, I can try and make that happen. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna report back to you when I've done it. <laughs> Is there metal playing at Heartbeat Hot Sauce Company? Do you guys listen to metal? Are you still an avid yeah. metal consumer? 
I am 100%. Yeah. Um, my, my musical tastes have definitely diversified from when I was, uh, you know, a teenager. Um, and it was like, there was nothing but metal, you know? Um, I, I appreciate a lot of different music these days, but yeah, mu- uh, metal is still, um, you know, you scroll through my, uh, my Apple music or my Spotify and, uh, it's, it's still probably like 85% metal. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'll be, I'll be spinning metal here, you know, regularly. Uh, you know, I am in an office with, with several other people. So often it's quietly to myself. In fact, <laughs> earlier today, um, I was watching on YouTube, the video of you guys at, um, I believe it was Wacken in 2015. Yeah, so it was a crazy day. Yeah, I, I watched a bit of that, and then I, I stumbled into the, I think it was Hellfest 2017. Yeah, that was a fun one. Too, uh, right? Yeah, and so I, it, man, it's, it's a trip for me to watch stuff like that. And like, so going back to when we met, you know, we, we met and, and played in bands together. And at that time, I was a huge Cryptopsy fan. And in fact, this past weekend, I was going through closets and drawers of old clothes and trying to clear up some space. And I found an old Cryptopsy hoodie that was covered in spikes and studs and, you know, staples holding the cuffs closed because it was so (laughs) tattered and torn, like my old uniform back in the day kind of thing. And I've hung on to it all these years. And it's funny, like, I don't know, I don't know what made me decide to go through my stuff uh, as we approached this interview. Um, but do, in doing it, I uncovered this, this relic Cryptopsy hoodie from back in the day. And it just made me laugh that like, you know, we, we, we met, became friends, uh, you know, playing these bands. And then at the time, you know, I'm a huge fan of this band, which, you know, you, you now, uh, you know, are the leader of, and it's just, it's crazy. It's a trip to, to have watched that all happen. And then to, you know, to watch those videos of, uh, of you guys playing these these massive festivals like it's just it's super exciting man it makes me really happy that uh that you're doing this and uh and absolutely killing it with it so but yeah man metal metal's a thing here for sure um we're not all we're not all metalheads here by any means but uh, there's a few of us i've got uh, a couple guys on the team here that are uh, into some some pretty extreme death metal and whatnot um yeah, it's funny. Once in a while, they'll, they'll come walking in in an old like an old emperor long sleeve or a, you know a, a Gorgut shirt or something like that. So it, it's cool. It, it just it makes me smile when I see it because it's that's like a different a different lifetime for me. You know, <laughs> so to see a bit of that in my world here is uh, yeah, it, it's awesome. It makes me happy. <laughs> and I'm also equally as proud of you. Thank you, man. It's crazy what you've built. It's amazing. These sauces are incredible. I love them. I'm so stoked to to have you. As a sponsor on the podcast, it's absolutely amazing. Likewise, man. I love this. I want to say thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me about your life, talking about music, talking about hot sauce, talking about beer. I want to cheers, massive cheers to Al and Heartbeat Hot Sauce Company. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was a lot of fun, and uh, me and Al hung out for uh, quite some time. After I stopped recording this interview, it was really, really nice to catch up with someone that I hadn't seen And you know, over 10 years. We grew up so much together, learning so many things during that early, very important time of our lives, learning uh, the ropes of how to be a somewhat professional musician here in Montreal back in the early 2000s. I'm very stoked about everything that he's accomplished with Heartbeat Hot Sauce Company. It is truly amazing. I am just so stoked and humbled and blown away that they are now sponsoring the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. It is a match made in heaven because I love hot sauces and his sauces are the best honestly they're super tasty and this is not an ad right now this is me talking from my heart telling you that i really truly enjoy his sauces and i enjoy them at just about every meal at home with my family so do yourself a favor head on over to heartbeat hot sauce dot com and pick up some hot sauces trust me this is a decision that you will not regret if you enjoyed this fox and hops episode you should absolutely go subscribe to it on the podcast platform of your choice but more than that i'm asking you to rate it and write a review because when you do that it will help more metalheads just like yourself have the opportunity to decide 
discover the podcast. Because just like on Amazon, when you're about to buy something, before someone clicks on a podcast episode to see if it's worth their time, what do they do? They read the reviews. So you could be the person that influences someone to become a new Vox and Hops hit. So I would strongly encourage you to do that. And I would be very stoked if you did. Also, don't forget, I'm inviting you to the party. Join the Vox and Hops newsletter. You can do that via my website, voxandhops.com. That is V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, I shall send you one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. And I'm doing that because I do not want you guys to miss out. There's so much great stuff happening, and I want you to be there with me, enjoying it with me. Join the party. Join the Vox and Hops newsletter. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have one more episode coming at you tomorrow, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Hello out there! Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!